Hi, Mike Baxter here with February's Strategy Distilled Newsletter. This month I'm going to talk about the Triple Diamond model of strategy. It's a brand new model we've just developed at Goal Atlas. I'm going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai and see whether it might reveal a bunch of deficiencies in strategy. And I'm also going to talk about some books that I've been enjoying that I thought you should know about. Let's do it. The Triple Diamond Model of Strategy. So it's a brand new model and it takes the best of design thinking and it tries to apply it to strategy. So the model proposes that, firstly, strategy is managed by means of three distinct processes. Strategy production, strategy adoption and strategy adaptation. Each of these processes has got a divergent thinking phase where we think of all the possibilities, followed by a convergent thinking phase, where we commit to the best of those possibilities in strategic decision making. And then thirdly, visually, this can be represented by a diamond shape, the diamond shape being the divergent and then convergent thinking, repeated three times for strategy production, strategy adoption, strategy adaptation. So that's the, the basis and the visualization of the triple diamond model of strategy. And it comes from one of the most iconic representations of design thinking, and that was the double diamond model that was produced by the UK's Design Council in 2006. And this model is in turn built on two much older and well-established concepts. J.P. Guilford's in the late 1950s proposed that creative idea generation comprises a period in which we think of all the possibilities, divergent thinking, followed by a period where we select the best of those possibilities, convergent thinking. And secondly, many authors, myself included in my 1995 book on product design, have proposed that design is an iterative process. So cycles of divergent and convergent thinking are repeated. So the double diamond model shows this with elegant simplicity. It starts with the first diamond, which is discover and define. And then the second diamond, the second divergent convergent thinking cycle is develop and deliver. So these are getting to the potential solutions to the defined problem and delivering the solutions that work. Now applying this way of thinking to strategy reveals that strategy doesn't involve two iterations of the divergent and convergent thinking cycle but three. Strategy production, a range of possible strategy destinations are explored before one preferred destination, or possibly a small handful of them, is committed to for the strategy. Strategy adoption, this is where we move from strategy to strategic planning, and we need to explore how best to reach the chosen strategy destination, and then we need to commit to our preferred methods of getting there. Strategy adaptation. Strategy usually continues for several years and therefore we need to explore all the various ways that strategy needs to adapt to changing circumstances. And these might either be new pressures on the strategy coming from the external environment or in-house strategic accomplishments. In other words, strategy needs to adapt to the stuff that we've already accomplished.
So we need to com commit to a monitor, review, adapt cycle for the strategy, and that's strategy adaptation. So strategy production, explore possible destinations, and then commit to specific destinations. Then strategy adoption, explore possible ways to get there, and then commit to specific ways of getting there. Then strategy adaptation, explore the possible risks and contingencies, and then commit to manage those specific risks and contingencies. And that is the triple diamond model of strategy. And as with all design type thinking, these are neither linear nor strictly separated processes. Discoveries during strategy adoption, for example, may require parts of the strategy we may have thought we'd finished to be revisited. The triple diamond model does, however, provide a simple visualization of the strategy process, and it lays the foundation for a structured and systematic approach to strategy management. It's a great communication tool to get everybody to have a high level understanding of the work that is involved in managing a strategy throughout its entire life cycle. Next, can Ikigai reveal the four deficiencies of strategy? Ikigai is a Japanese concept describing a state of mind. And whilst there's no direct translation of Ikigai into English, the words associated with a sense of purpose and fulfillment, and it results in a feeling of being alive. Longtime friend and colleague of mine, Mark Wynn, produced a graphical representation of Ikigai, which, although controversial to some extent, spread rapidly, spread virally, in fact. And Bruce Eckfield has argued that the same sense of purpose and balance can apply equally well to business organizations. And it was whilst reading Eckfeld's article that my mind inevitably drifted on to strategy, and I wondered if Ikigai could be of value for strategists. The conclusion I reached was actually more profound than I'd anticipated. And I wonder, does Ikigai reveal four subtle but important deficiencies that strategies can suffer from? In my diagram of Ikigai, my version of the diagram, I've fine-tuned it for analysing strategy. Ikigai is the intersection of four circles. One circle is doing what you love. Then another circle is doing what the world needs. Another circle is doing what you're good at. And the final circle is doing what you can be paid for. And if you do all of those, what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can get paid for, that is the state of balance and purpose and fulfillment that Ikigai represents. Now, the important message from this is that the best place for an organization to be is doing all those things, is doing what its people love doing, doing what they're good at, doing what the world needs and doing what you can get paid for. Doing only three out of these four may lead to a deep feeling across the organization that something is missing, yet it might be quite hard to describe. So if, for example, you feel satisfaction combined with a sense of uselessness, maybe you're doing what you love, doing what you're good at, doing what you can get paid for, but not doing what the world needs. If you feel delighted but realize that it's not really sustainable, you're probably doing what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, but not what you can get paid for. 
if you feel comfortable with a sense of emptiness, maybe you're doing what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can get paid for, but not what you love. And finally, if you feel fulfilled, but sense a lack of confidence, maybe you're doing what you love, what the world needs, what you can get paid for, but not what you're good at. Finally, some books on strategy that I've been enjoying. I just thought I'd share a quick overview of three of them um, and suggest you maybe have a look at them. Freck Vermullen in 2017 wrote Breaking Bad Habits, published by Harvard Business Review Press. And he uses a great case study to make a much more general point about strategy. It's quite an old story. In response to a new UK tax on newspapers in the year 1712, this tax was levied per page. And as a result, newspapers moved to publishing fewer pages but in a larger format. Hence, the broadsheet newspaper format was born. Now, fast forward 290 years to the year 2002, and quality newspapers were still being published in broadsheet format. There was no apparent reason for this. They were more expensive to print, they were a lot more inconvenient to read, and the tax per page had ended in 1855. So this, according to Vermullen, is a great example of a bad habit persisting, despite perfectly good reasons to get rid of it. And far from being an isolated exception, Vermillon suggests that breaking their own bad habits is a way most organizations could reinvigorate their business. Secondly, Angus Fletcher, 2021, Creative Thinking, a Field Guide to Building Your Strategic Core. This is a short book. It was developed for the U.S. Army Command and General Staff College. It's only 100 pages and it's made even more accessible by being divided into 30 separate modules. So it's great for dipping into every now and again. In one module, for example, module 9, he explains how to switch your brain from logic to the exploration of cause and effect and how Einstein, Van Gogh and Beethoven had their own specific techniques for doing so. And the third one is Russell Davis's 2021 book, Everything I Know About Life I Learned from PowerPoint. Now, I know this doesn't sound like a strategy book, but I found it filled with insight and wisdom on how to bring about change within a complex organization. Davis was the director of digital strategy for the very successful government's digital service in the UK. And it does say a lot about PowerPoint, but it also says an awful lot about organizational change. So I really enjoyed it. And that's it for Strategy Distilled for February. Hope you enjoyed it. Back again next month.